everybody, T.C. Mitchell here with Federal Contractor Business Secrets. I hope everybody's off to a good start of their week, and I have some tips I want to share, so stay tuned. Hi, it's T.C. Mitchell. Welcome to Federal Contractor Business Secrets. And today I wanted to share with you a couple of things, but I have to get a little bit of... um, house cleaning out the way. So I found in my feedback from you that a lot of people are very interested in contracting as a company, like literally setting up an LLC and uh, becoming their own contracting company for the federal government. Great. My podcast, my course, my um, Facebook community, and all of that is actually not related to Uh, your work as a company, as a contracting company, my focus is truly for the employee, truly for the contracting workers that are on federal contracts working with the private sector uh, for the government. So that's who my true audience is. So if you're transitioning, if you're looking for where should I go? What work should I get into? Should I just do my own career? Should I go into a field that's, uh, go into my same MOS? That would be me. I'm that person. So although I do have to say I have a lot of information because yes, I've also, I had my own, uh, private company inside of, uh, federal government, inside of federal government. I just, have found that being a consultant and uh, dedicating myself to the contracting worker is of more um, value based on my personal experience. So yeah, you can feel free. You can still shoot me questions about it. I will do my best to answer. Uh, I'm in a lot of forums and I see that these questions come up about starting your own company, getting certified. Hey, I encourage it. It is such a great avenue for income Um, and especially a lot of my listeners are veterans so it makes a difference uh, being a veteran you you get a little bit more mm, credibility to you so I would absolutely encourage if that's the direction you want to go in wonderful just know that I in particular that is not what my focus is with my podcast and uh, coursework and training and all of that and website and all of that. My main focus is clearance adjudication, uh, background mitigation, as well as uh, equip analysis, completing those forms uh, to ensure favorable outcome, and um, and salary. I'm I am I have great things regarding contractor salary. A lot of information that li- that can literally make a difference for you. So, um, with that, I I will get started. So, I have decided, I was doing this whole podcast initially, uh, my focus was going to be about transitioning into the work culture. And I'm a bit at a disadvantage in that I was not prior military, thank you for those of you who were, and so I've had just a super positive experience with contracting, but I have been talking to some of you out there, and you've done uh, government work, government contracting, and it's not been a positive experience. I 
my whole career has been this, so um, I wouldn't be in it still if it weren't positive. And I realized I have to make another distinction aside from not being a focus of building a company as a contracting company. I have to also make the distinction for you that um, my particular value to you, what I can bring to you, is going to be about um, the DOD and the Intel environments. That's where my value lies. So if you are interested in DOD or uh, Intel uh, as contracting, that's what I can help you with. I, I would also say that I have some experience with a few other agencies and some um, pretty good inside uh, connections with like Department of State, uh, a few at NIH. So there's some some information that I could provide to you that would be a benefit if you're interested in those areas. But frankly, I have very I have no experience when it comes to if you wanted to work for the general population of federal of federal agencies such as Health and Human Services or um, Housing and Urban Development, uh, FDA, Food and Drug Administration. Not going to have too much uh, experience there. Um, so, but just ping me at info at secured-solutions.com and I will be happy to still at least answer your questions and let you know uh, what I do have. So, if I can provide you some information, I will gladly, gladly, gladly do so. Um, so, with that, I will transition to uh, what I'm going to do then over the next few days. I am actually going to break down very specific um, information and very specific insight about working in DOD as a, a civilian government employee, I used to be that, and also as a contractor and the differences there. And with that, I will also be peppering in salaries and um, all, all of the information that you probably want. But it seems like most of you want to know the inside scoop, like what is it like? How is it going to be? So that's what my focus is going to be these next coming days. So you can look forward to that. I need to put an outline together because I just realized I need to break this down further than what my original podcast was giving. I think I gave a pretty high level brief but I, I need to really, really break it down uh, because it just seems uh, that that's what a lot of you are asking for. So uh, stay tuned for that. And I hope you all have a great day. This is T.C. Mitchell with Federal Contractor Business Secrets. Take care. Hi everybody, T.C. Mitchell here. So one question that I always get, what is it like to be a federal contractor? Because if you've been in a corporate world or if you've been in the military, it's going to be very different. So I always get the question, what is it like to transition into that sort of work? What does it uh, look like? How does it feel? How do the people behave? What is the culture? What's the style? 
So that's what we're going to be addressing today on Federal Contractor Business Secrets, the only clearance podcast. Thanks for joining me. Hey, everyone. So welcome to Federal Contractor Business Secrets. And today we're going to talk about the transition of a new culture, right? Um, I know many of you, if you're like me, you did not always know about federal contracting and what the environment was like. I personally worked at um, the Ohio State University. And although I didn't come from corporate directly into federal contracting, I also had worked in corporate. Uh, I worked for Chase, um, one of their headquarter locations. And so working with them, uh, corporate I found to be a little bit stiff, a little rigid, very policy oriented. And um, so when I went back to the Ohio State University, it was much more my speed. Uh, Just a relaxed atmosphere, less competitive. Uh, It was also a little more stable. However, the pay was not what I was looking for. But I loved working at The Ohio State University. I loved academia. I loved learning and being in a research environment. All of those things were great. And when it it comes to a learning environment, um, one of the big perks of it is that it's really forgiving, right? People are slower paced. They take their time to explain things to you. There's no rush, rush, rush. They want you to understand there's this whole nurturing, just a nurturing to working in academia on any level. And I was at the campus as well as I worked at OSU Medical Center. So um, I got a, a couple of different experiences working within the whole system. So when I transitioned into federal contracting, it was a big shock. It was a really big shock. Uh, One, I was ready for it. I have to say that that's a, that's a big thing because when you make a decision that you want to go into federal contracting versus maybe uh, start your own company or go back to school or, um, or maybe go into medicine or, Uh, just, I don't know. But when you decide to go into federal contract, you usually have a little bit of idea of what you're going into. Um, I did talk with several people that have been doing it. And frankly, most of them were transitioning military. I was really the oddball uh, in that I had not been exposed to Department of Defense work before or any federal agencies. Like I said, at Ohio State, that was a state-run environment, but I had never actually done federal. So, uh, when I got there, so, so my decision, first off, my decision to transition into it, I had wanted really to go overseas. That was huge for me. Um, I said, that's what I want to do. I'm going to do it. And so I, I found a few people that were Uh, stateside that were friends of friends and that's what I did I began to apply for overseas work and back then going overseas I think because the internet was it was a little newer you know you could get a lot of information but it's nothing like today nothing and so I felt comfortable with what I was able to extract from online searches and 
And then of course, I just pulled the ear of everyone that I ended up knowing that was over there. And I did know a few people. So uh, going into it, I'm going overseas. I'm going to a new culture on several levels, Uh, a military environment, one, a Middle Eastern environment, two. And uh, I, oh no, I was in HR. So I went over there to do human resources work uh, on behalf of a company that had a contract with the Department of Army specifically. So I'm going to say this up front. Overseas contracting is vastly different from contracting stateside. And uh, there's a few reasons for that. Um, It's very possible when you contract overseas, and I won't touch on this too much, but sometimes when you contract overseas, the positions change. And truly, the government has a little more leeway on how they're going to change that position. So by the time you complete all of your training, complete your application uh, for clearance, by the time you go through what's called CRC, which is some basic survival training uh, at one of the bases in the South, you may not be in that position for another 45 days. And who knows, by then they may have said, this is a mission essential position. We're going to fill it with someone that's already uh, on the ground, already on the base, already in country. So it's possible sometimes you go into a position overseas and when you get there, you're doing another work. I was totally okay with that. I was ready for that. I didn't mind it. I was completely open and completely excited about whatever work that I could I could do over there. And I was so happy about the mission. I was just so, so gung-ho about it. So, um, so that's that. But today, I'm really going to just focus on um, if you are transitioning or if you're coming out of corporate and or you're a vet and maybe only did a couple of years, but you do know that you have an MOS. You know that you have a skill set that could still be utilized in federal government, which most of them can because uh, uh, they. one thing I appreciate about federal contracting and the federal government is that they really do value whatever work experience you bring. It's almost more valuable than uh, having your degree, to be honest, because these are positions where we need you to work. We need you to begin working immediately. It's not the same nurturing environment. I'll say that up front. It is not the same nurturing environment as if you worked for a hospital or uh, a university. When you come into federal contracting, they want you to be ready to work. And if there's a training period, it's such a short training period. Here's the information. Boom. Go learn it. Get it done. So, um, so that's, you know, sometimes those are, those are pluses and sometimes those are minuses. If you like a fast paced environment where you have to learn something really quick and you learn well under pressure, it's great. That that's kind of who I am. Um, I took a, I took one position. I didn't have a lot of experience, but I certainly had the ability to learn it. And, and I did, they trained me once I took excellent notes and I hit the ground running after that, uh, one or two weeks of training. So, um, so I will say if you're coming from the military and you have to understand, I am not former military, so I can only give you a plain 
civilian person's experience about what it's like to be in there. Uh, Let's start off by saying it's like a family. (laughs) So if you're working for the federal government, uh, you'll know that it's it's one big family. We all have the focus of our United States government. We want to be efficient. We want to work for them. We want to get whatever needs to get done, done. So I would say there's not a lot of competitiveness because there are clear lines of uh, demarcation of what you should be doing and what your colleagues should be doing. Uh, so I like that. I don't like the competitiveness. I, I find that I'm a person that competes with myself. If you're that kind of person, you're self-motivated, uh, federal contracting is great. So that's one, that's one plus. Another thing with federal contracting, if you're coming from the military, you're going to meet a lot of uh, former uh, military, either newly transitioned or um, retired, just all kinds. So you will meet other military members in there. You work with, uh, you work alongside government civilians and you work alongside current active duty or reserve or National Guard. You work alongside those people. And, uh, but the contractors for the most part, I, like I said, I was kind of an anomaly Uh, Contractors, for the most part, are uh, prior military of some sort. Now, of course, this the caveat I would give you is that it depends on the agency, right? So, uh, say, Department of uh, Health and Human Services, they may have less military, but that's not to say that they wouldn't. Um, But when I'm looking at Department of Defense or any of the IC agencies, FBI, DIA, ODNI, NSA, CIA, those, um, and, and there's so many more, right? There's um, the Marine Corps intelligence, there's uh, Air Force intelligence, there's so many more. Uh, you usually are going to, their, their uh, requirements are that they need specific experience. So they usually do find um, former military members. Um, in my case, I was neither, and I just wanted to get into it. So I pretty much started from the ground up, but I had a great skill set. I had HR. I, I was, uh, at the time, I had been an executive assistant for vice presidents and corporate, that sort of thing. So I had a great skill set to build on, to go into uh, the work, and, and it could be leveraged in many capacities, uh, just knowing how to create briefs or provide presentations or give briefs, um, manage manage, uh, schedules, that sort of thing. So I would say those also, I have to make this point, there were many people that if they were not prior military, they were probably military spouses. Uh, So that was nice for me to connect with someone um, that was in the environment, yet they were not actually... um, prior military because, you know, we kind of vibe on a different level, right? So with that being said, um, I found it to be a very unique environment in that I hadn't been used to working with the military. And I I would say one of the things that was most striking for me was uh, sometimes prior military people have trouble adjusting to a civilian way of doing things or even working alongside civilians. And I would say 
95% of the time, it was a great working relationship. And I can recall on a hand, one hand, there were occasions that uh, there was an aggressive style or, or what we would call, what civilians would call less than polite, right? <laughs> it's more of an order. And, um, and so you're going to have to balance that. Now, if you're prior military, that's something, you know, you get an order, you're, you may be fine with it. Uh, but in the true world where you are doing federal contracting, there, there is a balance that has to be um, exercised between um, military and federal government requirements and business requirements. And that's where a federal contractor um, can experience some challenges because you may have a military member hey, you've been in 30 years, it may be really hard for you to ask nicely for something to get done. It may be hard for you to ask for something to get done uh, with your nicest voice or your nicest style. And uh, I experienced that. But I also knew, you know, these people are who they are. They're not going to change. And for me, it didn't matter. It was a job. I'm going to do it. But it was okay, in my opinion, to remind them, hey, I'm civilian, you know. So um, I would also say that um, for the most part, it was it was pretty smooth. We knew what we were supposed to do. We had a civilian government lead and that person was often our buffer to the military. And although we could easily work side by side, it was always good to have that federal government civilian uh, as an advocate for you in case there were some misunderstandings. Uh, and reminder, it, they may be less patient. A mistake may not be uh, taken well as it would in a corporate environment or in a just a general federal civilian environment. Uh, I probably should have said this earlier, but there is a distinction when you're doing federal contracting. There's a distinction between being a federal civilian and being a federal contractor. Civilian refers to government employees, specifically federal government employees. I was once a federal government employee. I was also a contractor. I've done both. Uh, I, I found government civilian work. So this is a third point. I found government civilian positions true federal government workers uh, to be more on the um, policy side, more of the stricter side of how you do things, do things exactly like this, uh, not a lot of wiggle room. And I guess that would feed into, um, it would match more or it would align more with being in the military. So I found for me contracting to be a little bit more fluid, a little bit uh, more relaxed in uh, the rules of taking off work or uh, taking your lunch or vacation, all of those things. It was just a little bit more relaxed. And so I really, really enjoy federal contracting. And yes, there is this other benefit, and I'll talk about that in another podcast, um, about the pay the pay is significantly better. And um, so that's that's something else to consider. But uh, if we go along and we think about, okay, so if I'm transitioning from the military and I'm going 
going into this whole new world. What, how, what are they expecting of me? How do they think I'm supposed to act? That sort of thing. I will tell you in general, the atmosphere is easy. That's what I'm going to tell you in general. It's very relaxed. Um, I do think there can be competition. I haven't experienced it, but I, I do feel there can be some competition among um, former military members. I think there's just a nature of that somewhere and they bring it into federal contracting. I do not have that gene in my body. I just do not. I want to do my work. I want to do it well and I want to go home. So, uh, but I have found that most people work together well. They try and help each other and uh, they try and make each other look good. So that's been my experience. I haven't, I can't say it's, it's been a dog eat dog. But there, of course, there are occasions if there's a, a joint project, mutual project, there, there can be some, if, if there's some cracks, if something didn't turn out right with that project, uh, there may be some pointing of fingers. <laughs> it's not necessarily a collective raising of hands that, hey, we all did make this mistake, it, you know. But um, that's, what I, that's what I will say about that, that particular piece of the environment. As far as women goes, coming into federal contracting, um, I have always felt that I've been treated uh, respectfully. I've carried myself that way, which, of course, that's important. Um, I found that my opinion mattered, that it was valued. And, um, and so it's, it's important at this point to, to make the distinction that Although we are federal contractors, you're, you're federal contractor, your boss is still your boss and your boss is who is at your company. That is truly your boss. And if you look at how um, the federal contracting and federal civilian um, outline lays everything out for how they should work together, you will find it written, and I'm going to put this on a podcast, a separate podcast. I should have had it today. But they say clearly, you work side by side. One is not your boss. Government cannot be your boss. Now, we do have what's called government leads. They give us direction, uh, but they do not do performance evaluations because you are truly an employee of a company. However, uh, if you're going to take off, yeah, you let your lead know if you're if there are some situations that you need help with regarding the actual mission, the work. Yes, they are your resource. They are truly your resource, uh, but they do not actually provide uh, any other authority per se over you. You do the there is the general rules. You know, you let someone know if you're going to be off. Uh, if you're coming late, because especially if you have a clearance, these are things that are required from a higher level than, um, than just your, just your day-to-day work. If you have a clearance and, and you're going to take time off, well, that's obviously comes from special security director. That's a higher authority than, um, just your boss. So, uh, aside from that, you, you let them know just what you would let any uh, manager know, but they're your, technically they're called your government leads. 
usually on site is a company representative. So in case you have some issues, you can go to them. Um, I found both groups to be really open and, and um, willing to have conversations and willing to help. That's just been my experience with it. Uh, as far as, like I said, being a woman and in general, it just depends on the the agency. But with Department of Defense, uh, the last that I heard as far as the ratio and percentage is that it's about 88% male dominated and about um, 12% female. So that is, that's a huge difference. I'm, I'm actually no longer in Department of Defense. I'm at a different level, but that was what I last heard. But I've always found everyone to be respectful and, and I'm not even surprised because that is the standard of the military uh, that you treat everyone uh, with respect. And I can't say I've had any, any different at all. Oh goodness, there's so many points that I want to tell you about. Uh, but I would say in general, um, one great part about being a federal contractor is that if you are having trouble transitioning or you're feeling out of place, you're not feeling like, mm, like maybe you're measuring up or that you, you're uh, not having the confidence you need that you can do the work. There's, there's two resources for that. Your company usually has some sort of employee uh, workplace assistance, uh, EAP, I believe it's called employee assistance in the workplace. And that's a program that kind of helps you sort those things out. In addition, I would also say in place, uh, that Govy lead is a great resource. They really are an advocate for you. Most times they're invested in the work that you're doing and they want you to succeed. I have never found a Govy lead to not be approachable. I've always found them to be approachable. Um, you know, there are some other issues that I will discuss later as far as the balance of contractor versus civilian work styles, which is very important to bring up. Uh, but I would say that it's an environment environment that you could go into knowing that everyone's rooting for you to succeed, that there is support if you need it, and, um, and there's just a maturity there, right? There's, there's an understanding. These are people that are going into their second career. They're not here to play games. We're not dealing with children or, or an immature mindset. Uh, it's, it's a very, it's a, an environment that may require a lot of you, but they also give a lot. You get a lot in return, uh, and, and what I love most as a federal contractor is that I'm definitely my opinions are valued and, um, and I'm considered a subject matter expert in my field. So they want to hear what my suggestions are and you're gonna love that piece of it because anytime that you can give of yourself out of your five, 10, 15, 25 years of service, in that area or for the military and you're just transitioning over to the government, I mean, it's, it's going to make you feel good that you are providing something that's important and you're providing that void that uh, wouldn't be there, that they wouldn't have that if you had not taken the position. 
So I'm, that's all I'm going to talk about for right now regarding the uh, workplace environment. But stay tuned for part two. I'll go more into other areas such as salary and the balance of the work styles. And um, I hope you'll join me. This is T.C. Mitchell with Federal Contractor Business Secrets, the only clearance podcast. Thanks for joining me. Bye-bye.